as you know, uh, well, most of you know, we are in this series called um, The Ultimate Empowerment. Right? Yeah. And um, who feels um, inspired by that? All right. Most hands. Yes. It's good. Um, and um, the ultimate empowerment that we've been talking about is Holy Spirit. And um, I'm just really, I've been really, really fired up about this uh, topic. And um, last uh, sharing that Lachey, or teaching that Lachey did uh, was about faith and miracles. Um, who thinks miracles still happen? All right. Yay, there's no Debbie Downers in here. This is awesome. Um, I agree. Um, and, but, you know, there's a lot of people that don't think miracles happen anymore. And I think that... Um, that that's really sad. You know what I mean? I I see miracles every day, and I would hope that everybody else could see them too. So, uh, but anyways, um, faith and miracles was what Lachey taught about. And uh, do you know what faith is? It's really easy. I didn't. Sometimes I think faith is this big, complicated, you know, thing that I can't understand or grasp at times. But really, faith in the dictionary says it's confidence or trust in a person or thing. That's the layman's you know, term or dictionary uh, def or definition. Um, but we would like to say that in this case, faith is confidence or trust in God, right? So, um, you know, I'm going to be talking about healing. Um, healing is a very, very difficult topic for me. Um, we're not like not understanding it, but just um, having things like he physical healing happen in, you know, every, you know, in our lives, miracle healings, um, that is a little bit harder for me to kind of grasp, you know what I mean? Um, but um, I'm very excited uh, because um, the more I was reading about the healings that Jesus did in the New Testament, um, I definitely felt my heart getting softer and more like open, you know, to the possibility, you know what I mean? So um, I wanted to start with, um, okay, so with healing, right? Okay, so the manifestation of healing is one of the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, right? Of Holy Spirit. And um, and has anyone actually seen a miracle healing? I just heard of one. Yes, yes, Nancy. Actually, um, Nancy's seen a couple, and so has Adam. Huh? Yeah, a lot. She's seen a lot. Um, and I have not actually witnessed one yet. Maybe I have. Um, when I was younger, my parents used to take me to these, like, healing seminars. Um, oh, by the way, sorry, I have to go back because I have this skin condition that, if you don't know, um, that I've been, uh, I've had it since I was born. And it's painful and, you know, it's kind of, you know, frustrating and all these kinds of things. And so, and there's no cure for it. Um, and so when I was younger, my parents would try everything and anything to take me and try and get me healed, right? Because the doctors were saying, oh, sorry, like, this is in your genes. You know, it's not going to ever get better. And so I was like, oh, okay. But uh, my parents were not going to give up. And so they took me to these healing places. And, I, you know, they would show, you know, people would be, like, kind of up in the front in the stage and have all these miracle, miraculous things happen. But when you're little, you just kind of wonder what, what's going on, and it's, like, a big show, and it's scary. So I, I don't know. Maybe I bet you some of them were really, re you know, some of the people there were really healed. But, um, you know, Nancy was just <laughs> healed recently with her foot, her toe, and Martha was there. And I thought that was a really awesome, you know, I'll have them share that with you guys one day. But it was all over Facebook, too, by the way, uh, which was awesome. And um, and so things like this can happen, you know what I mean? And um, But 
I know like logically in my head and intellectually that God can heal me, right? And God can heal people. And Jesus did it all the time. And I know it's happened. Like we have a friend, uh, Kristen, who was healed from epilepsy. And you don't get healed from epilepsy. There's no cure. So the fact that she still has not had a seizure since she got healed, um, you know, that's hardcore proof, right? Um, but it's still hard for me to believe that for my life and in my life that it can happen like that, a miracle healing. Um, I know, like, in my head, like, it's totally like God is powerful and God's good and all these kinds of things. And so I know that he can do it, like he has the capability, but to believe it in my heart, it's a little bit harder. Um, and you know what? It, was, it wasn't hard. It was hard for people in the Bible, too, <laughs> which kind of gives me a lot of comfort because I'm thinking like, oh, man, Jesus was there and it was still hard for people. You know what I mean? So let's go to, uh, let's go to Mark. In Mark, Mark 9, in Mark chapter 9, okay, so Jesus had already uh, done a bunch of miracles. Oh, and by the way, um, most of the miracles that Jesus did were physical healings, um, which is kind of interesting, right, if you think about it, um, because, yeah, I'll get to that later, but um, in Mark 9, there was um, this child or this boy and he was possessed by an evil spirit and he would get seizures and the spirit would throw him on the ground and he would foam at the mouth and all these things and the dad was beside himself like I feel like maybe that's sometimes how my parents might have felt you know like oh my gosh there's there nothing we can do to stop the suffering of my kid you know and um and he uh, the dad heard about Jesus and um approaches him and asks him to um help you know like Let's see. Oh, no. First, he asked, he had gone to Jesus' disciples and asked for them to help him, his, his son. And, um, but they couldn't do it. The disciples, these are people that were close to Jesus. This is like, you know, like me and, you know, Nancy. Like, we're best friends. And we're like, and then all this, and these, these disciples could still not, you know, heal. And so, um, or at least uh, get the evil spirit to go away. <laughs> so, so then um, Jesus, asked, so let's go to Mark uh, 9, and in chapter, or verse, um, let's see, it goes, uh, let's see, 18. It says, um, um, the man brings, uh, yeah, okay, anyways. It says, um, actually, let's start at 17. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? So why do you think Jesus asked the father? You know, you know I was curious about that. And because I'd like to think in some ways that I don't have to have faith. <laughs> this is weird, right? I would like to think that I don't have to have faith, but that other people can have faith for me sometimes. I wish that it could be that way so that because I have so little faith that I can be healed, that if another person has the faith for me, that I can. You know, and in 
kind of it takes like all the pressure off of myself and you know but then it's not fair either because then it puts pressure on other people and I don't do anything to help my faith right like what about my faith so I think this is what was happening Jesus was like asking him like well what about your faith like you know what I mean he's like he's like he's like um how long has he been like this? He's asking the, the dad, like, dude, how long have you just been letting him do this, you know, or be like this? And then, um, and I think he asked because he's asking where the father's faith is, you know, um, because it seems like here, at least as we go along, that his father didn't have that much faith either. So then um, the dad answers, from childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire. That's scary. This demon was throwing this little boy into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. First of all, I can't even imagine what the boy is feeling like. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably traumatized. He doesn't know what's going on. The dad's watching this and is traumatized. You know, like, his son is, like, going into the fire and water and trying to kill himself. Like, that's really scary. I can't even imagine. Like, I know some of us have kids. And if I saw, like, one of your kids that happening, I'd be, like, terrified, you know? Um, so I can also see why the father would have little faith if this has been going on for a long time. Um, and then, but it's funny that he says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And then Jesus goes, if, if you can't, uh, if you can, said Jesus. And he's like, please, everything is possible for him who believes. So I know Jesus didn't say it like sarcastically like I did, but I'm sure he's thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm right here, and I can do it. Of course I can, you know, because Jesus had a lot of faith, if you think about it. If for him to be able to, you know, you know, call upon, you know, God's spirit and be able to heal, like, thousands of people probably, okay? I'm, you know, and this is just one person healing thousands of people in, like, probably four years or something like that in his ministry. That's a lot of people in four years, you know, or it could be five. Um, but it, was, it wasn't that long. It wasn't like a decade or 20 years that Jesus was going around, walking around and healing people. And he healed thousands of people. And there's no like Facebook or, you know, conferences or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, there's like people, this was word of mouth, you know. Oh, I can't even believe this guy got to meet Jesus. I think that's really cool. So, and, so then immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I, that blesses me a lot because I have so little faith. I might not have no faith, you know what I mean, um, to get healing for myself or even to have, you know, I think I even, my faith is so small or non-existent that I can't even, a lot of times I can't even pray for God to just make the pain be less, you know, because if it doesn't happen right away, I get frustrated and then I'm like, oh, it doesn't work. So I, I'm not very patient and I don't even think he, like God can do that for me, which is, you know, makes me sad. But I definitely think, it's great that I can ask for faith, you know what I mean? Like, I can ask for more faith. Like, I can be like, hey, God, you know, like, my faith is so low. Please help me, you know? And this, this dad, in desperation, was like, yes, yes, help me with my unbelief. So I thought that was really a, a blessing. And, you know, so if you guys ever feel like you, don't, you have a lack of faith or you don't think, think God can be there for you, just pray for it, you know what I mean? I never think of that. I always think, like, oh, God, can you do this? Can you do that? But I never ask for more faith, you know. Well, not never. But you know what I mean? I forget that that's what I can do. So um, let's see. So then let's see. So let's see what happens. When Jesus saw that the crowd, uh, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. 
This is scary. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse, corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. So that was cool, too. I love that, you know, he even tells them, like, what you can do. Just pray. You know, you have to pray. So I'm thinking the disciples are trying to do this somehow without, like, on their own almost. Have you ever done things on your own and you realize, like, wow, I am falling really, really short. I can't do this at all. Have you felt that way before? I have. Um, I feel like that right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so I totally, I, I, love, I love how this whole thing like kind of happens because it just gives you a lot of information on what we can do, you know, to get more faith and to also, um, and see that even the disciples who were Jesus's best friends had struggled. You know what I mean? I think that actually makes me feel a lot less incompetent in some ways. Um, because I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself to be able to do things like this. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have Holy Spirit. And if you guys don't know, if you have Holy Spirit, you can heal people. I mean, you know what I mean? God can heal people for you. And, um, you know, we can do a lot of things, faith in miracles and, you know, hear from God and ask for more faith and, um, and exercise demons. Um, which is even really, really awesome. So anyways, so let's go actually, so on this part, going to uh, the topic of uh, others can have faith for you. You know how I was saying before, I wish other people can just have the faith for me and I don't have to do any work. Um, let's go to Luke um, 5. Oh, yeah, this is a famous story. I remember this story ever since I went to uh, Sunday school when I was, like, you know, seven or something like that. It, was, it just always blessed me. Um, but um, there's this story of, or there's this account when um, Jesus was, um, you know, he, he got really popular and a lot of people really believed in him. And hundreds and well, dozens of people were coming to him out of town. Like, crowds of people would follow him, you know, and he would heal everybody. And... Um, um, and there's this one day when he was uh, he was teaching, you know, he was kicking back and teaching and um, in Galilee, and um, you know, he was actually with some Pharisees and other teachers of the law, and um, the, it says the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. So then, so then, all of a sudden, these um, friends come, or these this group of men come, and the the house or where they were at was so crowded that they couldn't get in, and they had they had brought their friend who was par paralyzed, basically couldn't move like for a really long time, and um, and so they couldn't like get through the crowd. So what they did was they they punched the hole in the roof and lowered him on his mat. So that right into the middle, so that, uh, you know, this kind of at, at first bothers me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, did the paralytic want that to happen to him? Like, you know, because I was just thinking about the past when when my parents would take me to those healing places. They would just drag me up to the front, you know, and I'd be like, no, I don't want to do it because it's scary. But I don't think this is what he was feeling. I think I was just imagining that if he felt that way that would that would be horrible but I don't think he felt that way so um at first you know you're just like wow but then it's also really cool because his friends really cared about him right his friends are like dude I don't care if there's a crowd I don't care what I'm gonna get you to the front I'm gonna get you to Jesus you know and that makes me sorry really emotional so that's this is where I was like oh maybe I don't have to have any faith you know but I'm thinking if I was that man I'd be I would 
like grow in my faith because my friends are so faithful and they're like dude we're gonna get you there no matter what I promise you this is like gonna be awesome like I would think that I would feel just a little bit more faithful you know or have more faith you know because my friends were so excited for me so anyways so let's just read a little bit because it's really cool he says um in 19 it says when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus when Jesus saw their faith he said friend your sins are forgiven oh and then the Pharisees of course Debbie Downers um, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy who can forgive sins but God alone so it's just some background information um, Jesus was a rebel he uh, was a, he was he was the son of God and he was the Messiah, but a lot of people didn't like him because he wasn't the Messiah that they were hoping for. They were looking for some big king, like political leader, like David. Um, but then they found, but then he came and Jesus was like hanging out with like really like unsavory people. He was basically hanging out with me, <laughs> you know, because uh, you know like prostitutes and what we would call them prostitutes and drug dealers at this point right but Jesus was hanging out with like people that weren't like of you know they were they were the more broken people they were the people that were struggling um and the, the teachers of the law were like dude they're like dirty like literally they're unclean right and the fact that Jesus who was um like a holy man and a teacher and a rabbi the fact that he was hanging out with them was this big like that's why they wanted to kill him and um and so they're just like and so they were looking for any reason to, to you know to make Jesus look really really bad um and so he there so they're like who is this guy who can do this like Jesus is like dude I'm the son of God but they're like no you're not so who why are you forgiving people's sins and then Jesus knew what they were thinking so this is what's cool because Jesus had such a great you know he was born with Holy Spirit and he knew um what they were thinking like this is like word of it's either word of knowledge or word of wisdom or both. And um, so he's basically, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked in 22, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? He's like calling them out, right? Like what's going on in there? It's not very uh, bright in there. Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk, but that you may know that the son of man, so he's saying like this is going to be proof, uh, the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. <sighs> I love that. That part is, uh, I would think that if I got healed, I would, and please, if I ever get healed, and if it's not, you know, if I just ever get better, and I forget this, can you please kick me in the butt? Because I will never shut up about it, you know? Like, I don't think I would ever do that. And it seems like everyone else was just as amazed, you know? So, um, so I'll, you know, I'll, I count on you guys to do that for me if I forget ever, or even now. Um, so, um, so Jesus, um, where am I going? Jesus died, or he gave his life. Okay, so the point of Holy Spirit is that Jesus, it, you know, the, that Jesus gave it to us, um, he died for us so that we could have it was um, so that we could do these things. Like we can actually 
have this power of Holy Spirit and be able to help people. Um, and that's the point, right? Really, ultimately, is to help others um, because we love others. That was the great commission that Jesus asked us to do is, you know, when, I, when you get Holy Spirit, you, I, I'm asking you all to make disciples of everybody, not just Jews, but Gentiles too. Gentiles are everybody else that's not a Jew. Um, so, in, um, so what happens is, you know, when Jesus dies, um, you know, Pentecost happens, and everyone, and we're going to be talking about that in, I think, two weeks? Pentecost, right? Yes, it's really exciting. Pentecost is fun. And make sure to come because we have uh, a skit that is really, really fun. Um, that's going to be on Pentecost. But um, anyway, so when, once, once, the, once Jesus died and then, you know, he rose and then he was like, okay, I'm going to get you a present. The present's going to come soon. And when the present came, it was, it was Holy Spirit. And um, everybody in, um, after that was able to do what we did. Yeah, I mean, what Jesus did. <laughs> Sorry. And um, so that's what the book of Acts is all about. If we can go to Acts. So Acts is very exciting. Acts is like what can ha- be happening today, right now, right here. Um, so in Acts um, 3, so uh, Peter was one of uh, Jesus' closest disciples. Um, he's the one that... Um, you know, denied Jesus three times before he died. Um, but, you know, he was a broken, you know, not perfect man, and he still was a great, great, you know, minister. Um, and um, it's just cool that he was able to, you know, like hang out with Jesus for a long time before he started, you know, um, doing stuff on his own. So in, in Acts 3... Um, let's see. Okay, so once so everybody after after that after Jesus died was and was believed that he was Lord and was raised from the dead was able to um, have Holy Spirit and do incredible things. Um, in chapter three, Peter basically actually let's read it from. From verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple um, at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, now a man crippled from birth was being carried, so this guy is crippled from birth, was carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So this guy crippled. Oh, excuse me. Um, They... They are basically, it's kind of sad, actually, that they would just leave him there. But, um, but you know, but it was his life, you know. I almost feel like that, too, about my condition or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in pain every day. That's my life, you know. Um, and But I don't think that's the life that God wants for me, quite honestly. I don't think he wants me to, you know, suffer. And I don't think God wanted this person to suffer either. Um, so when he saw Peter, in verse 3, he says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at the man, or straight at him, as he did, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him, them his attention, expecting to get something from them. What do you think he was wanting? He's probably thinking, oh, I'm going to get some coins, right? <laughs> I'm going to get some money. Um, and then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I, have, uh, what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So Peter had a lot of faith, you know, and I think that really is amazing. And I'm sure the guy was like, whoa, you know. Um, the fact that, you know, it says here, it says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. The fact that the man actually 
allowed Peter to help him up, you know, just shows that he has to have some faith, right? Because it's kind of like when Peter um, was, uh, you know, when they were, when Jesus walked on water and, and Jesus was like, come out here, you know, walk on water. And, and, you know, Peter was like, oh, okay. And he did, but then, you know, because he had faith, right? So, um, so I love that the man actually, you know, let him, you know, because, you know, some people, I mean, if I was in a bad place, I'd probably be like, no, thank you. Uh, don't touch me. You know what I mean? So there, so anyway, so I thought that was really cool. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So that's kind of funny, right? <laughs> like, I imagined that I would be like that if I got healed. I'd be, like, jumping up and down. I'd start to run a marathon just because I could. I'd go dancing. Whatever it is, I would do that. And I hope I would be praising God. And, um, and if I'm not, you guys have to remember, do what I asked you to do. So, um, uh, and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him. So this is really awesome that he was able to do this in front of people. Um, so that they could see what God can do. Um, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Sol Solomon's Colonnade. Uh, when Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? So then he goes on ab about explaining what Jesus was all about and what he did you know, while he was there. And, um, and if we skip to 16, it says, um, by faith in the name of Jesus, this, okay, so he says, by faith in the name of Jesus. So all of these healings always happen because of faith, you know? And um, it says time and time again, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you, you know? And, um, and it's great because Jesus had faith. So that was, you know, one thing to not be so worried about. But everybody had some sort of faith. Um, and it says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him. Complete healing to him, as you all can see. And I love that all these people saw it. Um, and I'm sure everybody's faith grew, right? Everyone who watched or saw this, like, this is proof, right? There's undeniable proof that this guy that they saw every day for how many years? Since birth, right? I mean, I'm sure he wasn't there when he was a baby, but... You know, at a certain age, he was there for years and years, and people were just passing him by, like, no thought, whatever. And then all of a sudden, he's jumping around and walking. And that always makes me feel really, really amazing. And that helps build my faith. So it even says in Matthew, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, who knows how, I mean, we've done this before, but who knows how small a mustard seed is? He's like, Yes really small, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I don't know. Have you ever, has everyone seen one? Okay, that's really small, right? You just need that much, he says, and you can move a mountain. You can tell a mountain could go from here to there. And so you don't really, I mean, so you can grow in faith, right? And you can have less or more, but that's not a lot for someone to be able to tell a mountain to go over there and, you know, over there or over there. But that's what God can do. God can do anything. He created the heavens and the earth, right? That means he can. If you, have, if you believe he can do it, then the mountain will move. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And I'm going to try and okay, – I'm going really slow. But, um, and this is one of the things um, – the records that touch me the most um, is actually all the ones that have, have Jesus healing lepers. Um, you know, not that I have leprosy. But I bet you all of us have 
at one point in our lives felt like a leper, right? Have you ever felt alone or, sh or you know, or rejected or isolated or lonely? Like, I felt like that almost most of my life, you know? And part of it, it was because of my condition, um, because I just felt like nobody has this. I don't know anyone who has this problem, you know? And, you know, and I know that there's support groups somewhere, but, you know, I've never met anyone who has this, so I've always felt alone. And being in pain, you just feel like, oh, you don't want to, you know, everyone sucks, and, you know, I don't want to whine, and all these things. And so, um, and so I felt really alone for a long time. So, um, so I, I do, whenever I read any record of um, Jesus, like, healing the lepers, I feel very, very um, emotional. <laughs> Jeez, gosh, okay. Because, first of all, uh, leprosy, um, you know, I don't have leprosy, but it's, um, some people say it's very, very painful also. Some people say it doesn't feel like anything, but you see, like, you know, um, the skin on people's, like, faces and whatever, and noses collapse, things like that. Like, it's really, really, like, a deform, like, it causes a lot of deformity in people who have it or who used to have it. It's almost now impossible to get it. Um, but, you know, and it and it turns out it's not as, in, like, infectious as it it, 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 it used to be, I guess. Um, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, but it's, it does leave, uh, at one point it says, leprosy is a painful condition that can leave sufferers very, very deformed um, and is uh, something that is shunned by society or what is, and is still shunned by society, right? Like people talk about it all the time, like they don't even know what it is maybe or what actually causes it, but it's, it's, it's kind of like not the most attractive disease, right? And so people, you know, even today have a stigma about it, you know, and, um, and it's crazy because in Leviticus, it actually talks about it. Um, you, you don't have to turn to it, but I'll just read it really quickly. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, like they actually have an account of, um, of leprosy and what to do um, when you have it, right? So this is what kind of makes me kind of sad is um, it says, um, so there's like chapters about what to do when people have infectious skin diseases. Which is which is which is which is really insane. I was like, wow, I can't believe God put this in the Bible, um, but um, but it was obviously prevalent back then, you know. Um, don't worry, mine is not infectious. Um, but it says um, there's like chapters about it, and in in one part of the chapter it says the person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes. That's embarrassing, right? Why does he have to wear torn clothes? Um, let his hair be unkept, right? cover the lower part of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone, and he must live outside the camp. So, damn it. <clears throat> so, sorry. So this sucks, right? <laughs> I don't think I, I want this, right? <laughs> but I think people, have you ever felt like this? I felt like that a lot. So, so the fact that Jesus came, <clears throat> and he was somebody that was not supposed to touch women. He was, he was a holy man, so he's not allowed to touch anybody that's unclean. 
but he did it anyway. Thanks. So if we turn to um, Luke um, 5, So Leviticus is in the beginning of the Bible, everybody. It's like the Old Testament. So for thousands of pages and for thousands of years, this is what happened to lepers, right? And it was happening, you know, all the time. If I was living back then, I would be, you know, they probably wouldn't really know exactly what I had, but they would put me outside the camp. You know, they would put me away, you know. I would not be allowed, you know, and because I was a woman, it would be even worse. Like I, you know, would just be really, really alone. Um, so in Luke 5, in uh, verse 12, it says, um, When Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So his whole life, he had to go around saying, unclean, unclean, you know, um, or whenever he got it. Um, and so, you know, he approached you know, Jesus and was like, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. This is a big no-no. You know, the fact that Jesus was even touching a leper was like inconceivable. Like that is like the biggest sin, you know, you know, at that time for, for Jews, um, especially holy men. And then, um, and so he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So he's saying, like, well, first of all, he was bombarded by, like, dozens of people all the time. And he also was, like, you know, really giving the credit to God. He's like, hey, man, this is God did it, you know, Moses. Um, you know, he's saying, like, go to the priest, you know, because actually in Leviticus it says you have to go to the priest, and the priest has to, you know, look at you, and, you know, um, what is that called, um, what doctors do? Yes, examine, thank you, thank you, Patty. <laughs> they have to examine, they have to go to, so it actually says in Leviticus, like, you have to go to the priest and get examined, and then the priest has to tell you whether or not, it's like all these, like, restrictions about the skin and the thing and what it looks like, and then, and then, you know, and then he has to go and say unclean, unclean, and be outside the camp or whatever. Um, but, and so he's saying, like, don't tell anyone that I did this, but go and show yourself to the priest and, you know, tell them that, you know, God did this for you. Um, and then in 15 it says, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus, okay, yeah, that's it. Stop. Okay, so there's that part, which um, I always get really emotional about, I guess. Uh and then um, the last verses, or the last account I wanted to share with you was in chapter 17 of Luke. So the reason why I'm sharing all these accounts with you is because I want you guys to know that we can do this. We can do this today, you know? And we've all felt this way, all like these people that are sick or whatever. And, um, and I think we, you know, Jesus came to free these people, you know? Um, and in 17, really quickly, it says, um, in chapter 17, in, in chapter, in verse 11, it says, he killed 10 at one time. This is even more crazy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. 
if you guys don't know, Samaria was, um, Jews didn't really like Samaritans, you know? Um, and yeah, they didn't like them. They didn't associate with Samaritans. Um, they thought they were below them. So uh, the fact that Jesus was hanging out around there was just kind of interesting too, kind of a rebel. Um, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance because of, you know, they know that they're not supposed to get close to people. Um, but they called out and called out to in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. So only one person came back and thanked Jesus. You know, even though 10 were healed, nine didn't come back. And you know, maybe nine were Jews, but the fact that this Samaritan man who, you know, is not really supposed to be, you know, he's not a Jew, he doesn't believe in the Jew, you know, Jewish God or, or you know, God, and um, the fact that he thanked him and he knew that God did this for him, he is a changed man, right? And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So um, I just wanted to end kind of with that, um, where I feel like um, that Jesus came to really set people free because, you know, he didn't heal just people's physical illnesses. You know, he healed people's hearts. And who feels like their hearts have been healed because they've known Jesus, right? I feel like okay, yes, I'm not physically healed, but I feel like my heart's healed so much in so many other ways. The fact that I'm married, this is a whole different story, is a miracle, people. <laughs> like, really, really a miracle. And the fact that my heart before was, like, so, you know, alone and never could let anybody in and all these kinds of things, the fact that I can now and that I even cry in front of people is a big deal, you know? So my heart has been healed in many, many ways. I mean, there's a lot more to go, for sure, because I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and I know that's from, you know, trauma. And uh, people who are, who do, who does EMDR? I do. All right, EMDR, woo! It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a form of therapy. But anyways, um, it helps, you know. So I just get that Jesus loved people, and that's why he healed people. And um, he cared about people, and he wanted us to know, like, God's nature. And God's nature is that, it, that he is love, right? And if you love somebody, you don't want to see people suffer. You, and you don't want to see people in prison, you know, whether it's from physical illnesses or, you know, matters of the heart that keep us from, you know, keep us in shame and guilt and all those kinds of things. Jesus doesn't want that for us, and neither does God. And so that, um, you know, he was able to heal so many people, and he still does it today. And I think we can be people that can help you know, other people know that about Jesus, that we can have Holy Spirit, that we can use it, and that it's powerful, you know, because I, I tend to believe Satan a lot, where he's like, you know, you can never get healed, man, you know, your faith is so small, you have no faith, it's not even small, it's like none, you know, he, I believe those lies, you know, and I choose in many, many times where I just choose to believe that, you know, and and that's why I think I wanted to believe that other people could have faith for me and I don't have to have any faith, right? But that's really not fair. And that's really not trusting God, obviously, right? So, um, so I think um, it's important to know that Jesus did all, the thing, all these things and that he gave us this power to be able to do that. And healing is one of those things. Um, I think, you know, it's, um, it's really, really amazing to know that um, 
that I can, like, have a relationship with Jesus just because he was somebody that, you know, doesn't judge me, you know, and does want me to be healed. And the fact that he um, was such a rebel, and I love that about him, um, and in some ways an underdog, um, that he, you know, touched people that were unclean. You know, there's like, and, and that makes me want to believe in him more, you know what I mean? And believe that he can do this for me more. And it just gives me more faith, right? And like I said before, and Lachey said last week, if you have faith, you know, you can ask for more faith. And faith is one of the manifestations of Holy Spirit, which is amazing that you can have a manifestation that's in you to have more faith, right? And so the fact that, um, you know, all these accounts where, you know, it just, it just helps me build more faith, you know, knowing that Jesus was, um, they're not to free people just from their sicknesses, but also from shame and from, you know, being stoned and, you know, and being crazy and, you know, free us from that stuff. And so I want that for everybody. You know, everybody I meet, I would want to know that they know who Jesus really is. He wasn't some judgmental guy, you know, who's like, oh, God's going to judge you. And, you know, and, you know, God doesn't really can't do anything like he was somebody um you know, I want to share with everyone that he did change my life, you know, that he has given me Holy Spirit and that I don't want to be shy about it, you know. I'm tired of not thinking that I can't do anything about this, you know, and I don't think Jesus wants that for me, nor does God. And, um, yeah, so anyways, I think that's it. Um, I hope you guys will read more about Jesus and what he did for people because that helps me build my faith. And in that way, I feel like I can at least get a little bit of healing. You know, not just my heart, you know, but my physical healing too. So anyways, thanks guys for listening.